0: Here we are. Lucas, what's up, baby? Not much, man.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, finishing up a, a, a good, productive week of work. How, uh, how'd your day go? Tell me, tell me about your work day. Actually, productive. You yeah? know, I think uh, things have been stressful the last few weeks, but um, things have kind of leveled out this week and I'm uh, feeling pretty good. You know, I'm going to a Dodger game tomorrow with uh, a few family members of mine, taking my dad. Super stoked. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think they're shaping up to be really good. I I have a three day weekend this week. I took Monday off. Um, oh, I'm going that's nice. to uh, Newport. Going to play spike ball. Maybe oh. a little volleyball. Oh, uh, I'm actually really excited. Hell yeah, that'll be a good time. Yeah, what's going on with
0: you? I um I might have hurt someone today, Lucas. Tell me. Tell me I might have hurt someone. I uh, I um I'm a jock. Let's just put it out there, right? <laughs> 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 I'm um elite level adult recreational league athlete i'm one uh my i I play with uh sports the group of friends where for like our fitness levels we definitely try weight too hard and are constantly in pain because of it but uh today we had a soccer game against um another team in an organized league and i just made a very reckless like decision and like how i challenged someone on the ball and i kind of i kind of need someone in the back lucas <laughs> like falcon like. Knee. like like captain falcon from smash brothers and did he i flying? remember he was on the ground he looked at me he's it wasn't even like like oh my god i'm in so much pain like it probably hurt but like wasn't that bad but he just looked at me He was like what he's and like I'm did like, you really knee me in the yeah. back bro i was like bro i'm sorry i like helped him up and the rep's like what i'm like i know i know i didn't think where i walked away with my head down like, <laughs> my hand up. like i know i fucked up my did, bad did my you bad. did you jump and knee him a little bit it was like a light jump yeah because i thought he was gonna turn with the ball like midair i thought he was gonna do something crazy but i guess i overestimated him and it would, ended up being way more mellow but that's okay well you know what matt hey but you know what you tried you know what? That, i tried and you know what that was my choice to make lucas <laughs> that was my choice to make and that is right everyone Today we are going to be um, having a little bit of a fun conversation, um, kind of free flowing uh, about uh, agency in video games, kind of like choice in video games, and maybe some of the pros and some of the cons, and like what really is and isn't agency. Um, I think I've made it pretty clear on this podcast from our past episodes that kind of my favorite thing in games is when games really do provide for you that um, very unique experience where you, you do get to have a actual um impact on the game and the things you do do actually cause ripple effects it's not like just bead theory where like yeah it'll you know maybe you make a choice it's like a mass effect game right and it'll like branch off like you know for 30 minutes until like a bunch of you know branching choices and then it all like converges back on the same point like that's not really it is a form of agency that does give the person um you know, the option to express themselves. But I do think there's also better um, examples of that, which we can get into. Um, okay. And we can kind of talk about some of the examples of agency in games. And it's just going to be, it's just going to be good, man. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm actually glad um, as, as the audience knows, uh, Matt and I, Flip flop between um, you know our our weekly pod our biweekly podcast where we cover video games and we cover these different topics. And lately, we've been kind of getting ourselves into a rhythm where Matt is covering a topic and then I'm covering a topic. Um, last time we recorded uh, difficulty in games, which uh, I led the conversation on um, because I'm a real big fan of difficulty in games. Uh, if you want, definitely go back and listen to that episode uh, a couple weeks back. I think anybody that's interested in difficulty in video games would be interested in hearing that episode uh and Matt, as always and has always been interested in agency in games. uh all the games that Matt has picked throughout this pod have been like oxen free. Uh, Doki Doki, yeah. games that have, like, a fair amount of Undertale. Impact. Well, Undertale's more of a group choice, Under- but y- yeah, 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 a great example sure. of agency in games. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think uh, you've always been the kind of gamer that really likes agency in video games, and you especially like it when agency is flipped on its head or when agency is played with in video games, and that fourth wall is really broken. Um, so I'm really curious to see uh, what she got for us this episode on agency in games. Yeah, yeah
0: um lucas first i would like i think it's important for us to establish um how we define agency and along with agency i also want to define choice because while the are do both go very Ooh, they're different hand in hand um i kind of want to establish their i think choice is a part of agency and we can kind of get into that but um lucas i want to i want to kind get um i want to get your vibe from this how would you describe if, if someone asked you to describe player agency and video games how would you describe it
1: Okay. So player agency for me is the ability to do things somewhat out of order, um, and to affect the world. Um, so player agency might be, you know, something like like a metro super metroid, you have the ability to kind of do the different events out of order, maybe fight a boss before you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but taking it a step further, uh, affecting the world, um, something like The Witcher 3, where you get to actually when you kill certain like mobs in that world you're uh, you're also creating things that affect the world Um, and you can choose to do those things or not do those things right so sort of i guess freedom uh to shorten up the 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 the, the definition of agency but freedom in terms of the world that the game is set in
0: yeah and i think that's kind of exactly what i'm getting to as well and that's you kind of gave the elongated version of what I was going to say, but to like kind of make it more concise and sum it up uh, for today's podcast. And for the purpose of this episode, we are going to be defining player agency as the player's ability to impact the story and gameplay through either the game design or the gameplay itself. And I I really like what you brought up with super Metroid, because I think it's important because I think when a lot of people think of say like agency in games, right. I think the first example people will go to say something like, you know, let's say um, like a telltale game, right? Uh, Or like Oxenfree even where it's just like a game where you're just making different story choices and kind of crafting your own experience. But a totally another like version of that is like, yeah, Super Metroid like oh, maybe you do things out of order. Like the game gives you that freedom to do so. Or maybe let's say you're playing a game like Hades, right? Where in Hades, Obviously, like, there's not a lot of, like, super big, like, pivotal, or if any, from what I remember, story movements, right? But you do get the agency to, you know, kind of craft your own unique builds each time based off right, what options are given right. to you.
1: You get to change the way you play. You get to change playing.
0: the way you play by engaging in different choices. And how do we define choice, right? Um, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. And I'm going to be pulling this exact definition, actually, from a YouTube channel called Extra Credit. Had a lot of lot of really cool, um, like, little lecture-style stuff on, like, a variety of topics in gaming. So I highly recommend you all check them out. Um, I am pulling from them a decent bit in this uh, episode. So full, full disclosure there. Give credit where credit's due. And I'm not copyright, so. <laughs> um, so for this episode, we will be defining choice as any moment during play that the player could perform two or more actions has to pick less options than what is available to execute
1: wait but has to pick less options oh i got gotcha excuse me so
0: when they have two or more actions available to them but when they have to pick less options than what is available to execute right right so they they have to go
1: with one. they have to go with something
0: mm -hmm. so if you have a b c and available available options you can only pick a or you can only pick a and b you have to exclude something right gotcha so that is how we'll define choice for this episode so lucas what do you think makes choice meaningful right
1: yeah um choice it's interesting i think back on outer worlds uh which are one of the most uh, the most recent game with some choice in there but also you can go back to cyberpunk which we've played recently uh fallout 3 fallout new vegas all those kinds of things a uh, choice I would define, or make. Uh, the question is, what makes meaningful choice?
0: Yeah. So if you're uh, playing a video game. What, if you're playing a video game, what to you is a meaningful choice versus like what is uh, maybe like a facade or not meaningful?
1: Yeah. So, you know, sometimes the choices are kill this guy and take his loot, or just talk to him and convince him to give you the loot. Like both basically have the same result. But one just has a different different means. One Maybe if it it's bo- like a morality skill or something. Yeah, but w- they both have the same end, but they have different means. I would I would say that those are like less impactful, less meaningful choices in games. I really like it when games like genuinely affect the way you feel by making a choice. I you know cut back to Undertale, where like every choice ends up you end up feeling something for killing right? a bunch of things innocently. Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, choice, you can define it as like, you know, really, really carrying a lot of emotion to it. Um, really having some sort of emotional consequence because, um, you know, just you get X amount of money if you make choice A and you get X amount of money if you get choice B. That's a little bit less interesting for me personally. Definitely. Yeah. So see, it's because
0: traditionally that's like how I would think of choice, right? Like, is this genuinely affecting, the gameplay or the story of the game or is it just like like i mentioned earlier like bead theory like yeah it kind of branches off and then it comes right back together along the line um but this video kind of made me think about things a little differently so i i actually am in the camp now where i do kind of think that even those choices like the ones you just mentioned the ones that maybe seem less impactful they actually are meaningful decisions and I think the reason that they're meaningful is because, if the game's, for the most part, if the game's done well up to this point, you're not making, um, it's not arbitrary, and you have the player at that point has been given the tools to weigh their options, right? So, for example, let's go back to that scenario you mentioned, right? You know, let's say for just um, to simplicity's sake, let's say that specific example you mentioned is in. Um, Uh, outer worlds where there's a very basic uh, like reputation and morality system with each faction in the game right so let's say you're talking to someone from you know whatever the um, space destroys faction and you're in that exact situation where you know you have to either um, kill this person loot them or you have to as you mentioned um, talk them out of it or just talk them to give you the money or whatever item you need at the base level you're right you know you are getting to that uh end result the same way but i think where the interesting what makes the choice meaningful is the, the context around that right because you know for example let's say uh, one of our favorite characters from outer worlds right Pravati, right we I love, love Pravati, and she also has very close ties to space choice so we know that okay i could totally just take the easy way out right and just off this person immediately right but i know i'm gonna have some shitty dialogue afterwards after the fact and i know i that's i'm gonna have that dialogue because i know that uh, parvati is close to space for choice and she'll be mad if i kill someone from them and then by then making that choice to keep parvati happy by not just killing the person making maybe taking the long way and doing like a task for them or whatever like talking them out of it, and just getting the money from them by that i think that's making the choice meaningful because even if it's not i think directly affecting the gameplay itself or the story itself I think that when the world gives you options to kind of understand the choice you're making is the most important thing. Because I think something to be considerate of, too, is that, you know, let's give the, like, ideal example, right? Let's say that killing that specific NPC or, like, random quest character, let's say that did have some crazy ramifications on the game and something that we, you know, totally takes things in a different direction we would not have expected or really affects things down the line in ways we wouldn't have ever predicted, I think in the perfect world, that is what we experience and that is what happens. But these videos, and I read some articles I read as well, really kind of brought to my attention as well. At that point, if, like, the agency is that real on games, you're almost creating two different games at at a certain point, right? You have to be, I think, at the end of the day, we have to be considerate of the bandwidth that we're asking from the developers, right? Yeah. I I think, and I, I know you and I are both very much advocates for, like, health for developers and stuff i mean i worked at a game company for a little bit um the the crunch culture is i didn't even work on the dev side and i can tell you the crunch culture in gaming companies is extremely real and you will have offices or nights you spend in your office at midnight just because that's just the culture of those kind of companies for better or worse God, that's, in certain for, situations for, for worse for worse, worse we, yeah. yeah yeah um and that's just the nature of the beast and i think something to be is as well like when we're The agency that we're hoping for and that we're asking for is basically like asking for those developers to have like hella crunch time to work like those late nights. Because that's just all that extra programming, things they have to do and everything of that nature. Um, And so what's an example of like a choice that is like very arbitrary or excuse me. Um, So that's like example of arbitrary stuff. Right. And then like let's say another big thing that makes choice meaningful is choices can't be a calculation. So, what mm. do I what I mean by this? So, perfect example um, that was given also in the extra credit YouTube video I watched. Uh, let's take a look at, say, World of Warcraft builds, right? Okay. Um, and like the earlier years of World of Warcraft, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe Lucas, I know you played a bit more. You can correct me here, but oh, yeah, there were very like clear and obvious yeah, like skill trees and like things you could build into, right? Like yeah, yeah, you you're given the the choice to, you know, you know pick branch a over branch b to take your skill but you know through various like forms you can search on the internet and things and like there was no real choice there wasn't a real choice there's like a very clear like no this is objectively a better build yeah
1: the opposite one totally totally right i i I, yeah sorry where where are we going with that one sorry the where are you going are are you saying that there's a lack of agency with it Um, Well, that's an example of,
0: like, how a game may present to you a choice, but it's not a meaningful choice, right? And you can even take that a step further. Like, I may be kind of stretching it here, but, like, let's say, for example, um, in a game like Super Metroid, like, yeah, you can do kind of the bosses out of order, but it might be just objectively significantly easier if you um do them in the order so you get the very like specific power-ups that you need or something like that
1: so so i 100 percent agree with the world of warcraft like meaningful choice talent tree thing um there there always was um since i started playing and for those of you out there um i started playing world of warcraft in burning crusade uh i've pretty much played every expansion since then and you know uh the 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 thing that I always found problematic about the very early skill trees in World of Warcraft was, yeah, there was always a guide of, like, what do you spec? What do you do? Um, and it, it never really felt like choice, even though, like, there were so many options to go down and so many interesting little, like, things that you can do with your skill trees. It was yeah. never truly interesting because you just followed a guide um, and clicked buttons until, like, you got your spec. And actually, the most fun I had in World of Warcraft was when I went, like, with the, quote, off-spec uh, build. On my druid uh in i believe the cataclysm days um there was like a, a certain type of druid build that was like not really done very common and it allowed you to do a few extra things or have like a little bit of an extra tool in your toolkit as a druid that most druids didn't have and that created a meaningful choice for me so i, I don't know it, it, it definitely it's definitely weird when you have that like cognitive dissonance between like here's all these choices you have but you really don't (laughs) like yeah that's that's very like uh, and i'm sure
0: what this is like is specifically referencing like obviously i think you could probably still i mean obviously you did get a lot of enjoyment out of the game and by not doing it by the book right um i i I think that what this is probably mentioning more is like probably like competitive play right like Mm -hmm. if you're gonna be like a pvp player like you should you need to do
1: this build um it was even in but, PVE though too. Like you, yeah. when you had wanted like to have clearly the optimal, op- yeah, the most optimal, highest damage per second. Because yeah, know, PVE build. is this like a huge it.
0: thing in WoW Anyways, to like, yeah. um, those are hard numbers, like that, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: those are hard numbers. So it's yeah. like, oh, this we've done the we've done the hard calculations. This build will deal the most damage per second. If you do this particular like set of uh, I'm like, like these abilities. sequence of abilities in this <laughs> yeah, order, yeah, exactly. And to me, like that, that always just felt like it was all these choices were available to you, and at the end of the day, you're fun, you're getting f- all these choices just get funneled into one one input.
0: Definitely, yeah. And I think it's worth acknowledging too, because I, I think it'd be very easy to take like that statement I just made about and like that we just talked about with the wild builds being like not really having any meaning to the choice, and kind of extending that into like RPG things, right? Whether that's um, where you choose to put your skills in outer worlds or what perks or whatever you and abilities to pick up and say a game like cyberpunk. I would argue that those games, those choices are a little bit meaningful, a little bit more meaningful because yeah, sure. Maybe like if you pick one over the other, you might have a little bit, bit of an easier time at certain points, but in a game that's like obviously a very single player focused game, like those are those games typically do a very good job of giving you um the ability to play the game the way you want and to level up the things you want and to still have for the most part no problem getting through the game. I mean a perfect example is Fallout New Vegas. I played that game a shit ton when I was younger. And I remember my first build I did was a just like melee build where I didn't put any of my skill points into guns, like any of my perks or whatever. And I just like was running around with a giant hammer being the shit out of like mutants or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, my next more fun one, yeah and then my next one, I was like, yeah, I'll switch it up. And I tried like a gun build where I used guns in the net. Next one I did an energy build and you were always able to express how you wanted to play in the game by making those meaningful choices um, versus like choices that are calculations like the R and World of Warcraft and what's what's crazy too is you know taking the same further certain choices can be like meaningful or not meaningful right you're gonna like this example um let's say for example you know lucas you're you're at a smash brothers tournament right
1: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. am am i happy (laughs) to be there (laughs) am am i just there on accident it's
0: it's paragon 2015 Um, okay you just tweeted out that you're going to the biggest Smash tournament in your life tomorrow, and that you hope you win.
1: you—you yeah, you really remember that tweet. <laughs> I just thought remember. it
0: was—it's so, like my first, like, we'll—we'll we'll go into that later. But yeah, <laughs> it's like my first, like, impression of you I was like, this guy, this guy is crazy. <laughs> um, context: I—I I met Lucas like early 2015, or no, actually, I guess that would have been late 2015 before Big Smash term. It was like when we really started to, like talking and hanging out. I followed him on Twitter before, like we all went to Paragon, which was like a very big Smash tournament at the time in uh, the Southern California area. And Lucas just tweets, "I'm going to a really big Smash tournament tomorrow. I hope I win. But,
1: like nothing else. I'm just like, Yo, yo, yo. This guy, Okay, this guy is demons. I, love, I, I gotta give credit. Like I, I got that, that's like a joke I always use. Like. I hope I win. It's like such a, <laughs> it's such a I good, still use it today. Yeah. It's yeah. such a good joke for those of you out there like listening, like, yeah, use that a lot. Like, just like, I hope like, I win. Like I, I, that, that comes from, uh, uh, Steve Martin was on American Idol performing in one of the finals. Like he wasn't performing for American Idol. He just did like one of those guest star things, like in the final two episodes of the season of American Idol. And they said, Ryan Seacrest one year said, so Steve, who do you hope is going to win American Idol this year? And he said, I hope it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I, love that. I just <laughs> took that, just took that and used it forever. So thank you, Steve Martin for that one. Uh, what a guy, what a hero. Okay, so I'm at Paragon. Sorry to You're interrupt. at Paragon 2015.
0: Um, you're in, you're in your, your, your bracket pool. You sit down for your first match. Um, and you're playing someone who's literally just there to support a friend or maybe, one of the sash players brought along their girlfriend she just said yeah i'll play and maybe she hasn't maybe she has not played before yeah um let me re- rephrase that i feel i don't want to generalize that a girl wouldn't no, play no, but no, you guys will no, know no, what i mean yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you all know, know what we, i mean we've, we've don't want to it. be a dick on that one um someone that has no experience with the game sits down and is playing lucas who is a really good clinical yeah. <laughs> fucking clinical yoshi pm main project m main at the time um, Lucas Critically. is going to be making all these choices in neutral, right? Like, oh, I'm going to approach here, then wave dash back, F smash, toss out an egg. Lucas is making all these meaningful choices while he's playing to put himself in the most advantageous positions. And they're not arbitrary cho- choices because Lucas understands Project M. He understands the mechanics in the game. And he understands how his actions and his... Um, his yoshi's his character's abilities what that'll do to his opponent and how he can utilize them to uh, take their stocks whereas um new master 69 is (laughs) no idea what they're doing they're just f smashing and pressing random buttons they're making choices but there's no meaning behind them because they're arbitrary choices. Mm. There's no reason behind them doing what they're doing. Yeah. This ge- and smash. I think you and I, I mean, I think anyone that has ever even lightly dabbled in competitive smash will agree that one of the best things about the game is how many choices it gives you, how many ways you can play the game. You can play the game passively and still do well. You can play the game extremely aggressively and do well. You can do a little bit of both. And even with, um characters like different characters like the character select screen is a choice the character select screen is a choice and like the way you play a character is a choice like there's such unique uh iterations on characters like i would be able to tell like a hacks fox versus like um you know like a mango fox any day or a um a mango falco and like a dr pp falco right like there's very distinct play ch- play style choices that are crafted through the choices they make and that allow them to express themselves in a different way and that's what i mean that I, some of these choices can be meaningful or not meaningful because if you just have two random players that like you never played the game before and just pick up falco and they just start smashing and lasering those aren't choices there's there's them doing whatever the options the games gives them but it's not a meaningful choice
1: you still gotcha. with me, King? Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. So um, in regards to the fighting game conversation, it's not just Smash. Um, I follow a, um, a, an amazing YouTube channel called Core A Gaming, mm-hmm. and um, they talk all about the theoretical like, choices that exist within fighting games, and even something like a Hadouken, right? So you take Street Fighter 1. Uh, Street Fighter 1, I don't know if you know about it, but Street Fighter 1 is the game that like, people just forgot about. You're, there's only one character in the game. Street really? Fighter 1, yeah, it's Ryu versus Ken, or uh, Ryu versus Ryu, basically. It's that's the same so character weird. fighting the same character. It's a really boring game. Nobody ever plays it. Street Fighter 2 is the game that everybody remembers, um, and that's where you got a, a choice of, you know, E. Honda, uh, you got Guile, you have Ryu, Ken, um, a lot, uh, Chun-Li, a lot of these characters that everybody really remembers playing. Now, the Hadouken introduced in street fighter 2 i believe I, I don't i don't think it was in street fighter 1 somebody can correct me on that but throwing out a projectile is such a huge choice creates like such a like a, a flowchart of choices that people have to make as the right. person that threw out the hadouken the person that is on the receiving end they now have to decide am i gonna block this am i gonna jump over this Uh, Am I going to jump in place or am I going to jump forward or am I going to jump backwards to like avoid this? Am I going to create space? What am I going to do here to like counteract this projectile? So somebody makes a choice, which leads to another choice that somebody has to make. And from that choice creates more choices. Oh, he's going to jump forward. I'm going to jump forward as well and jump kick him. Oh, he actually inputted his jump kick before me. So that was the bad choice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So every choice begets two or three more choices which begets two or three more choices and it just gets insane 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 um and when you know when it comes to fighting games it just gets completely out of control yeah um yeah i I, mean that's the
0: incredible thing with like fighting games in general like mortal kombat smash any of them really yeah uh, street fighter tekken all of them it's
1: all meaningful choice after meaningful choice for sure yeah at the competitive level at least Yeah. (laughs) yeah when we know what we're doing when we know what we're doing yeah um so, Lucas,
0: why do you think choice and, like, agency, why do you think it's such a common kind of conversational piece
1: in uh, in games? Well, I think agency and choice is, like, the only true thing that video games have that's theirs, right? So cinematics, dialogue, music, um, art style, those belong to a million other art mediums, right? So music belongs in, obviously, music, movies, um. And, you know, art, art, cinematics, uh, art style does belong in, like, a lot of visual art mediums, but agency and choice, inputs and outputs, that's the only thing that's really true to video games, or games in general.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I mean, I think more so as well, barring, like, things like Bandersnatch and um, the fucking goosebumps choose your own adventure novels um oh wait
1: hold up yeah i forgot Uh, art yeah pieces of art pieces of art yeah (laughs) I, uh, (laughs) i
0: think um for the most part you know games is the only real art form where you do get any semblance of choice or agency right it's pretty much absent from any other form of media right it's not even like interactive art like maybe an interactive art experience won't really give you like choice typically right you know it's like oh come like walk through this or whatever like video games are very unique in that aspect and it's only media where we get to interact with these worlds directly and see how those choices impact and i'm even willing to wager that at the end of the day lucas i really do believe that video games whether we know it or not are all about agency i think a common kind of assumption in games um or maybe a common i guess maybe better way to look at it is something we look for out of games on a surface level is just like having that power right you know whether that's in the form of like leveling up your really low character and wow or um you know being like a badass in Titanfall, and you know it could be anything right like bringing up your lowly character to the status of a hero by the end of the game i think everyone for a lot of the times when they play those games they look at to get that experience out of like that experience, that power and that kind of energy. Right. But I'm, I'm willing to, to believe that a lot of people, what they're actually getting out of games is the experience of agency. Right. Cause we live in a society. (laughs) I was typing these out in my notes and I was like, I don't know how else to say this, but in life, right. You know, I think in all actuality, like for the most part, like what we have the ability to control, is limited, even if it's not that limited, how we get to see like the choices we make and how we express our agency is not always very apparent to us immediately, right? Um, We're not gonna really see um, like the choices necessarily of us taking one job offer over another job offer if they're like very similar companies. We might not see those choices manifest for like 10 years, potentially right down the line. 'Cause thankfully humans have longer existences than video games do, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you put more than forty hours in your life, that's for sure. And I think video games really give people a special um allow us to experience agency in a very unique way. And even taking on a more minor skill, you know, it could be something as simple as um you making the choice if you're playing Call of Duty to not go down the area that's burning, right? Like, you making that choice, thinking the immediate gratification of making the right choice and, like, saving your health or whatever. I think all of these little, like, parts of video games that give us even, like, the most tiniest fraction of agency, I really do think that it is a positive thing for us, right? Um, And video games, I mean, even just something as simple as, like, when you boot up the screen, right? Like, pressing the start button. I even think that's agency, right? Because, like, I think, especially in the real world, too, there's, like, so many little things that... You may think are giving you like choice to do something, but it's not like for example, you walk into an elevator, Lucas, and you plus you press the close the door button, that door's not closing for at least ten seconds, right? <laughs> um, but if you start up Super Metroid or Cyberpunk, whatever, you click start, the game's fucking starting, right? Right. So I think little things like that and like little gratifications from expressing agency, I think those play if not a very prevalent part for everyone, I think it plays a very subconscious part yeah. for everyone when they play games.
1: At the end of the day, when it comes to experiencing a video game, me being in control is innate to the experience. Yeah, it's
0: courting your game. desire for autonomy, right? That's what right. I think about. Yeah,
1: it I like that. I like that, courting yeah. the desire for autonomy. Yeah, because there's basically no... Mo- there's very rare situations in life where we get full autonomy. Yeah, And in video games, at least we get a chance at it.
0: Mhm exactly yeah and yeah it's just so such a unique thing right and more so i think that video games um and agency in video games also serve an incredible educational purpose right like take for example you know um if, it might be a little bit more clear to us at our age you know we're with like in our mid 20s but someone like let's say they're 10 years old or 12 or 13 or even 14 to 15 um it's it's hard to get past the idea of like instant gratification and understanding that like your choices matter right it's very hard to understand that even for someone like a, a really obvious example i think is for example like why do my grades matter mom why do my grades matter dad right like that, that shit doesn't matter but You know, for better or for worse, given the way our society operates and our, you know, the United States operates, at least it is pretty important to do well in school and get an education. Mm -hmm. Not to say you can't be successful if you don't do that and don't get good grades. But like if let's just pretend we're trying to follow the traditional route here, you need to get good grades so you can get good college, you know, get the whole job after that. Um, and all that good stuff and that might be really hard to see when you're 10 or 12 because our lives like i mentioned before they're so thankfully so spread out are right? they we live a good you know hopefully 80 years or whatever right whereas in a game you may make a choice like a big choice you know maybe like sacrificing or killing someone or like choosing to save someone else over someone or like choosing a faction over another anything right um and you're not gonna you're gonna see that choice pretty quickly in the game typically probably within depending on the size of the game like probably within like 3 to 4 hours, right? Whereas these choices we make in life, we don't get to see we never see we sometimes we ne- never see. And even if it happens, we don't we're not going to like recognize that ripple effect, how that effect, you know, how choice A 3 years ago, so that may have seemed like trivial at the time, actually had this crazy ripple effect that led to a great um outcome, you know, 6 or 7 years later, right? Um whereas in a game we can get that experience. We can get that Um, either that gratification or suffer that consequence at the end of these choices because it's all at such the time of it is all so much more of a micro level Um, and i think that's a very unique places that a unique way games can serve educational purposes i i do think um it kind of goes back to the core of um jonathan sorry what's his name jonathan blow jonathan blow his talk it's all about systems literacy right and learning how to function within our world and by experiencing choice and agency um on a very tight scale in these video game worlds these rpgs what have you um i think it maybe helps us at least better think about the choices we make in our lives and recognizing that this can very well have ripple effects because i mean obviously games will always be more dramatic right or what have you but um it's very reasonable that the way you know like for example in a telltale game like you may say something and it's like oh lewis will remember that right um it doesn't matter in a telltale game but like you know oh that person they like they might be addicted to me later right and you might see that you know you might not be thinking about that as much like right now if you say something that's like a little off-putting to someone right you might not think how they might you know treat you two years on the line when you meet up again but i think games can kind of help illustrate that point better totally
1: yeah and uh I, you know, honestly, as somebody that grew up playing video games, I, I do think that that's a little bit instilled in my brain where every consequence, every choice does really have some sort of reaction down the line. Whether I know and I end up witnessing it or seeing it mm-hmm. or really fully understanding it, the, I just know that my choices have consequences because in every video game I've ever played, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've, I've definitely passively, subconsciously adopted that to my own life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we really do get to just learn about like how the most like menial tasks can maybe potentially have monumental effects, right? Um, Man. yeah. Uh, it was a fun, fun thing that um came to mind while I was doing this research. And I do want to give credit to a couple articles I did read as well to kinda of help influence this. Um a little article from The Guardian actually, surprisingly. And then another one by a John Brycer. And the links to these and then all the other links that I used uh, YouTube videos, kind of check these out, will all be in the description once we get this uploaded. But definitely recommend checking out that content, and stuff out there. And agency in games is a very interesting topic. Love it. Uh, yeah. Lucas, feel, anything else to add?
1: No, I just feel like there's there's so much to explore with agency in games. You know, I could see us doing like a part two, part three. Because <laughs> there's so many big, like different serious. versions
0: that are right. Like, I think taking the most probably extreme and like way we think about agency in games like when we talk about choice um is a game like Oxenfree right or I think actually people will debate this but I think a game that does it very well is a game like Detroit Become Human where um I've played a lot of shit I forget that developer name but they did like Heavy Rain and stuff and those games I've played all those ones particularly Detroit Become Human it really does like it's not so much, like, B theory or, like, your choices, like, kind of matter, but then it all comes back. Like, there's very genuine, like, divergent paths in, in those games. Um, and I think the trip become human does that extremely well. Or, you know, it may be, like, something simpler like Hades where you get the choice to kind of create your build every run. And you kind of have fun with that and can have all um, different ways to beat the game in all very valid ways. not And it's not, I mean, there may be one that's a little bit better, but, like, it's very reasonable to, like, be able to beat that game with a, variety of different builds right um i think it's important to think of agency in in those manners as well
1: love it Love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would love to dive in. I know we're kind of running out of time on this. Anything's yeah. possible, but we're talking about... I expected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I love it. Talking about how, um, you know, some video games, are, the the gameplay mechanic is choice, right? Mm-hmm. So Oxenfree, the choosing and agency is the main draw of that game, whereas choosing is usually a byproduct in a lot of other games or sort of something that you have to do. But the point is agency and choice always 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 exists inside of video games mm-hmm. which is so interesting um again unique to the medium it's ours um and uh i mean i love it for sure
0: love it it's great well all right everyone i think that's all we have time for today uh as always leave us a review if you can on an apple podcast and we did get a very nice review i would like to read out loud um because you know we don't we don't get that many sometimes you guys and you can fix that you can give us more reviews we don't mind Review. um so i would like to read out a review from hold the phone wanted to make a point to bring this up um (laughs) their name is slightly pissed guy oh yeah um and on june 26th he left a five-star review and they say i think it'd be cool to get an episode I enjoy these so much. Really excellent analysis of games without feeling too stuffy. Good banter and good chemistry between the host. Great game selection. This is my first gaming-oriented podcast, and I'm here's the best part, Lucas. I'm glad to be getting in before it blows up. He's buying calls. He's buying calls on TFP. Um, Ringer, you know our email address. It's pod at gmail.com. Again, that's thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com. Feel free to shoot us an email. We'd be happy to talk about a brand deal with how we could assist you and furthering your mission. <laughs> Join the movement, guys. It's not too late. Leave a, leave a review. Um, those really do help grow the podcast organically. And we love hearing from you guys. You know, Like I mentioned, shoot us an email. That email I just mentioned, leave a review. Uh, make fun of us you know ask us a question shoot us an email maybe it could be an episode who knows anything could happen and then you can also hit us up on uh instagram and twitter tfp Podcasts. that's tfp podcasts with an s at the end and don't worry folks it was it's it's been a hit i know you want it so we are going to be working on bringing the tiktok back this is probably news to lucas but i firmly believe that that was a good avenue (laughs) um and i i i I actually think it's probably a pretty important media for us to use um the kids love it these days lucas they really do they do i do do. um all right everyone well this has been thanks for playing and remember (laughs) (laughs) anything's possible